right, welcome back to Panthers Tracks. I'm Jonathan Alexander here with none other than Ellis Williams, my guy. We are in some new digs, man. We 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 moved up to the Hampton Hills, didn't we? Look at all this, man. We're in a studio now. I'm out of my apartment. We don't got each other on the small Zoom boxes or the stream yard, man. I'm across the table from you. It feels good to be in here, man. I feel so motivated now just, just looking at all this. We, we feel professional now. Right. Like, I mean, we don't want to set the bar too high, but I think we got some potential in here, man, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. We, Panthers fans, we heard your comments. You love the content, but you just wish that our audio was a little bit better. So, you know, you know, we went out there and said, you know what? You want better audio? We're going to give you better audio. And, and we have delivered, man. We got these mics in front of us. No longer the choppy or the echoes, man. We got the headphones on. You sound great. I hope I sound all right, man. Let's get after it. You sound amazing. My man. Amazing. So let's let's get straight into it. We just finished up. As we're recording this, this is a Friday. You all will hear this on Tuesday morning. Um, but we just wrapped up mini camp. Saw a lot. You know, not too much competition. But we got a, a good peek at Sam Darnold, uh, Matt Corral, the quarterback battle, some other players. Let me ask you, Ellis, you, you chronicled this every three days. What stood out to you in particular? It could be anything. What stood out to you from Panthers minicamp? Well, I, I think first the obvious thing is the, the veteran presence was lacking. You know, uh, Matt Rule allowed a lot of his veterans up to like 12 guys. A lot of offensive guys um, just take time off. You know, no DJ Moore. Uh, we'll probably get into Robbie Anderson. He, he wasn't there, but then what kind of was at the end. No Christian McCaffrey, Ian Thomas, uh, you know, two or three linemen out, which then put a lot of emphasis on not only the younger guys have an opportunity to show what they can do, but on Sam Darnold to lead a group of young playmakers through a new offense, which he is learning himself. I thought one of his sharper quotes from the from the week was that it's my obligation as a quarterback to know what everyone else is doing, which is surface level and obvious, but when you see it actually happen on the field when undrafted free agents are running the wrong routes and Sam has to make sure they're lined up correctly and in the right spots, uh, th that's a lot to put on um, a veteran quarterback who doesn't have his uh, assortment of usual suspects out there, right? And after you get past the – because that was kind of a, a little bit of a shock to us, like, oh, there's just, you know – all the first team, all the first deep guys from the skill position essentially are sitting out. But once you got past that and you just watched Sam navigate this offense, I thought he put together a, a pretty sharp three three days, um, yeah. highlighted and, and climaxing on that final day at Bank of America Stadium, which you know I was kind of up in the in the concourse hiding in, in, in the sun there, from the <laughs> sun there, and y'all were front and center on the um, in the bleacher sidelines there on the fifty. But we got a really good view of what this offense looks like, uh, both in the red zone, uh, situationally, you know, two-minute drill stuff, and what Ben McAdoo is trying to accomplish. And I think that Panther fans, as you have really made clear on Twitter that, hey, this is just minicamp, yeah. right? Like, everybody chill out. But we are starting to see the, the bits and pieces of what a Ben McAdoo offense is supposed to look like. And we're talking quick throws. We're talking timing. We're talking matchups. Uh, you tweeted about it, though. The one touchdown, I think Brandon Zelstra caught it. Uh, just a f fade route. In yeah. the, you know, isolated on the left side, and he allowed Sam, Ben McAdoo, giving Sam Darnold the freedom 
to pick his matchup and go make a throw. Um, you know, imagine if that's DJ Moore, right? You know, that that's the, those are the type of throws that I think when Sam fully masters this offense or whoever the quarterback is going to end up being, because we'll get into Matt Corral and the type of week he had, you you have a a quick throw offense that is predicated in getting the ball to its playmakers. And I thought each day we saw that grow more. The first day being a, a little more rusty, and then as it, again culminating that third day, seeing the offense really go uh, blow for blow to the defense and just scoring and having fun with it. Rashad Higgins scores a touchdown. Iki Kwanu gets in the end zone. Like, it was a fun third day. So yeah. I think from the veterans resting to Sam Darnold, uh, gr- watching, we watched him grow before our very eyes within this offense, um, the, the younger playmakers, and then really just the atmosphere and the energy around this team. Matt Rule seems to be coming from a more calm place and you could speak to that better than I as you know you you were here last year for minicamp you saw a training camp but I saw a team that was in a way comfortable at where it was at yeah and growing into its own and again over that three-day process I thought we saw progress each day and that that was one of the bigger takeaways for me yeah they, they look a lot more comfortable you know Matt Rule in particular um and he mentioned it um you know he mentioned Bruce Spate you know, head of their PR department, you know, said he looked like he was having a little more fun. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when I look back on last year, um, you know, Matt Rule seemed to be very, uh, uh, I don't know the right way to say it, but he was very serious and trying and, and, and very in control or or really, uh, you know, delegating everything, not really delegating everything, but really, you know, calling everything. And, and now you see him delegate it more to other people and, you know, he had his vet, like you mentioned, he had his veterans out there, kind of coaching the younger uh, players. So, you know, you know, perhaps that's a good sign that he's feeling like he doesn't have to do everything like he did last year, and it's, it's probably part of the reason why, you know, they struggled in some aspects. I, I agree. I think Sam Darnold, um, you know, while it's only OTAs, and you know, I'll reiterate that again, guys, because you all slammed me on Twitter just for without reading. The part where I said it's only OTAs, Sam Darnold did look good. Um, he made some nice throws, and and I think I had a few people even say like, "We told you this. You all told us this last year." No, I don't remember Sam Darnold looking good uh, last year. Um, but you know, he's looked more comfortable in the offense. Um, you know, in this particular offense, he's looked more confident in himself. I think last year he was he seemed a lot unsure of himself. Um, and, and figuring out a new team. Uh, you know, I think one of the more impressive things I saw from Sam Darnold uh, was was when uh, that uh, offensive line was called for a false start. Yep. And, and and a lot of people ask me who was the offensive lineman. I can't remember who the offensive lineman was, but it was definitely the second string offensive yeah. line. And it was a couple guys. Yeah, yeah, and it was a couple guys called for a false start. Sam Darnold got mad and slammed the ball down. It was like, come on, or he yelled out something. Um, you know, I think, you know, he didn't, you know, yell at anybody in particular, but it, it just showed a little bit of leadership and, and, and you know, a, a want to be perfect because that offensive line was terrible last year. I, I completely agree in that moment. I thought it was uh, it was something from Sam I had never seen before. Never. Right? And for this California cool kid to take ownership of the offense in that way and show his frustration after really dominating the whole first half of practice, right? Like I opened this podcast saying, like, we saw – I think three touchdowns from Sam Darnold. Matt Crowell came in, throws two. Like the offense was really having their way with the defense. And Matt Rule talked about after practice how 
you know, we, we, in a way, set it up that way. We were going for it on fourth down, being aggressive. But still, the offense has to execute, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw some nice throws, um, both Sam making plays, but also Ben McAdoo's scheme, just having wide-open targets for Sam Darnold. And for him to just – it wasn't enough. And that sounds surface level like, oh, of course, you, you know, he, isn't, he didn't prove anything. Like, if that's going to be uh, – the bar or the comeback for everything, then it's like, then why are they even practicing, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> a really good point. You know, yeah. like we, they, they can't play a game yet. Yeah. It is not week one of the regular season. The Cleveland Browns are not in town. Yeah. So we have to measure this as the coaches do as well every day on the performance you see on tape and on the field. And right now that the most recent being minicamp yeah. and for Sam Darnold to take ownership of that, spike the ball in frustration, not like you said, not yelling at nobody, not, talking down to anybody just overall expecting more from himself and the unit um the ownership was the word you used i believe and i, I think that's a perfect way to encapsulate it yeah and i, I think uh, you know sam Darnold. I, i'm not saying and you briefly touched on it, i'm not saying sam Darnold. this means that sam Darnold's gonna be great i'm not saying that at all I, i'm still of the belief that the panthers ought not to take a chance and ought to you know try to find an upgrade at quarterback if they can. I'm still of that belief. However, I do feel a little bit more confident in Sam than I ever did last year um, just because he seems to be taking the necessary steps. Now, he has to continue those steps. Training camp is where the pads come on. Training camp is where the competition really gets stiff. Um, You know, uh, his teammates, he'll be playing against first-string guys, and and he'll have his first-string guys with him. So there's a lot more to be seen, but I think the key is – He's taking steps in the right direction, and, and that's what you need if he's going to be your quarterback. Because there's a chance that you know Cleveland Browns say, "Nah, you know Panthers, you know we're we not about to pay you know all this money for yeah. Baker Mayfield. You know we found somebody else." And there's a chance that the 49ers say, "Hey, like no, uh, you know we're going to uh, either go with Jimmy G or we're going to uh, you know give him to somebody else." So you know there's a slight chance that Sam Darnold is a quarterback. So. Uh, I think it's important to realize that, um, you know, there are steps. It doesn't mean it's the final product, but he's taking those necessary steps. And hopefully, for you Panthers fans, if he is the quarterback, hopefully he is improved, and he'll definitely have an improved offensive line 100%. Yeah, that's, again, I think the biggest takeaway uh, from the offseason that the Panthers have had is just that the supporting cast is sound. Uh, You've written about it at nauseum. There's going to be 11, 12 different starters on this team. Uh, I wrote about it in my takeaways yesterday. Guys that were counted on as starters a year ago, Cam Irvings, Dennis Davies, they're relegated to backup roles now. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. I mean, because those guys aren't bad football players. They're just not the type of guys you want in there for 60, 80 snaps. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and then now you got them. Like, you have them just in case – Somebody does get hurt. Maybe you put him in briefly. I, you know, I know you don't have as much. You all don't have as much confidence in in Cam Irvin, but you know, at least he has that experience now, yeah. right? But at least, but when you have him now as a second or a third string guy, like you feel a little bit more comfortable now. You have that depth. Yep. Um, that you were missing last year. Yep. I saw this play out in, in Cleveland. Uh, Chris Hubbard uh, was a, a swing tackle for them. Came over from. Sorry about that. Yeah, that, that that's the alarm I'm talking too long. You know, that's that, that's how Jonathan keeps me on pace, right? Like, hey, I'm, I'm just playing. Um, no, but uh, a swing tackle and Chris Hubbard came over, and he had to come in a couple times to close games. Someone would get hurt. You know, he'd get maybe four or five series and look really good, right? 
But then when that injury lingers and you see the backup tackle having to be a full-time guy, he's just not it. Mm -hmm. And that's the situation the Panthers were in last year. And, and now they got a left tackle that's catching touchdowns and hitting the icky <laughs> shuffle, man. Man. How things have changed. Man, that uh... – Kim Ekwanu, he's something, man. I, I, I like covering him so far. But, yeah, he, he's got his own trick play. And if if I see that, man, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, going, I'm definitely going to, you know, he was he was excited to get that touchdown, man. Right. And now we know if he ever scores in a, in a regular season NFL game, the move's ready. Yeah. Like, that, you know, that was the dress rehearsal. Yeah. Like, he, he's ready to go. He's yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, I want to ask you, staying on the quarterbacks here, and, and I touched on it a little bit. Sam Darnold's in the spot. Like, I thought it was interesting to look at, uh, what was that, Thursday's practice as, you know, is this the last time Sam Darnold will be QB1 for the Carolina Panthers? You know, because by the time they couldn't be in a training camp, like you said, maybe maybe Baker Mayfield is here. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is on schedule to be thrown by then. Maybe he reenters this equation. Um, you know, we both done extensive reporting that that tells us and just in our conversations that this Baker Mayfield deal is further apart than it, it probably seems like they still got a ways to go which to me is both sides still just playing chicken like yeah. I right, who's gonna blink first right yeah like it's probably closer than than they want us to realize um but it's like who blinks first but with that being said the one constant in all this and again you've written about it that won't change is Matt Corral's presence yeah. And I'm curious what you thought about the rookie and what you saw over those three days of mini camp and where you see him picking up in training camp when we get to Spartansburg. Yeah, I, you know, I came away optimistic about Matt, Matt Corral. Um, you know, he seems to be confident in himself. You know, I, I think there were a couple of things that, that I've had when I've seen him throw. I think he tends to hold on to the ball a little bit too long. That's that's one criticism I have. He's also a smaller quarterback, so I wonder, you know, how he'll be when he has to throw the ball over the middle. Um, so that's one thing. Also, his durability. I know. You know, he's really small, like, um, and he loves to take off. I was just gonna say those instincts don't go away till you like learn the hard way. Right. Like that I, when Jared Goff was a rookie, that hit is just stapled in my mind. You know, he he just thinks you can you can get to a spot you can't. I mean, Tom Brady got plastered once. Mm -hmm. You know, like that hit lives forever. Like. These rookies got to learn the hard way. And to your point, the way he rushed the football in college, when the play breaks down, he's just going to take off. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, and he can't do that here. And you know, I, I, I've seen a, a, a tendency to take off. You know, he's going to have to get down for sure. But you know what? I was I, the thing I was optimistic. I saw his arm, and, and it was one recent practice. He was, I think it was at day two. He was really slinging it, or maybe it was day three. But he was really throwing. He had a, a really tight throw he he seems like he can hit it in 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 small boxes um you know that i think that arm strength is really going to be good uh when he does to me that shows that you know when he does get to where he is where he needs to be like he can make the throws necessary um you know of course you know matt rule mentioned it he has to work on the pre-snap you know college quarterbacks they don't have as much responsibility as what an nfl quarterback has to do and, and that's something he'll learn in due time but uh i think in the right offense, and, and maybe this is the right offense, um, you know, with the right pieces around him, if he stays smart in protecting his body, I think Matt Corral can be a solid starter. Um, how high? I'm not really sure. Um, but there were some good things I saw from him. Yeah. 
I completely agree. What was most encouraging to me, it really didn't happen on the field. Like, I can't pick out some of his reps other than, you know, the obvious ones, the, the couple red zone touchdowns, like the things you said, the quick release that's always been there. But from a coaching standpoint, like when you try to peel back how coaches tailor rookies and take care of how they're going to be integrated into an offense, I noticed Matt's reps go up each day at minicamp. I asked Matt Rule about it, I think, the second day on Wednesday, and he was kind of short with me about it. He's like, you know, I don't got the script in front of me. Some of the uh, segments run longer than others, yada, yada. But, you know, I I try my best to document every passing rep at at these things. And according to my notes, Matt Crow got more reps each day at minicamp, again, culminating in that last day inside Bank of America Stadium where he outrepped P.J. Walker probably two to one. It's important to keep in mind Sam Darnold is out-repping whoever the number two quarterback was, two to one as well. Like, Sam is getting a, a heavy bulk of the reps. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's, right. But just when you're talking about Matt Crow in a vacuum, the coaching staff both having the confidence in him to give him more reps and also starting the process of sink or swim. Like, you got to go out there, mm-hmm. right? You can only protect a kid for so long. Um, I would say that Matt answered the call – professionally while still admitting like I thought when he came to the podium it was it was pretty telling he you know physically he's ready he in his mind he says that you know physically I'm ready there's no limit I don't have any limitations it's all upstairs and he feels himself slowly getting more comfortable saying he takes the playbook everywhere with him right like he had to travel back home he was in the playbook deep the entire time um and then someone asked him, you know, when, when will you be ready? And he said, when, whenever coach McAdoo says I am. Yeah. And and that's kind of the political answer, but both the truth too. And I find the whole Matt Corral variable, one of the most interesting parts of this team right now, because things can change all around him in that quarterback room, right? We already went over it. Darnold may stay. Darnold may go. Baker may show up. Jimmy Garoppolo may be brought in. Whatever it is, Matt Corral is the constant in that room. Mm -hmm. And, he's got an opportunity to just kind of cut through all the noise. And if he keeps progressing the way he did in those three days at minicamp, I don't want to get any, I don't want to get ahead of it, but there's going to be a point in the year where it's like, play the kid. Yeah. Cause he's showing it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think he, I, I do believe if the Panthers don't trade for Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G for some reason, um, I do think Matt Crow is going to play at some point. Right. Absolutely. Because um, they ought to. They ought to figure out, you know, if he's, if he's ready. You know, they ought to figure out, is, is he the guy you want um, leading your franchise in the future? And you'll only know that by getting him out there and playing. So, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, um, I want to ask you this, though, because I've been getting a lo- this question a lot on radio interviews. Are you concerned about Robbie Anderson in his retirement tweet man robbie anderson so that tweet popped up let me think i was headed to a wedding i believe it was last saturday and it's one of those tweets where you just know right away like dang robbie yeah you just started a a storyline and a narrative that is unnecessary right um because when i saw it i looked over at my guy and i said 
hey man, I've uh, I posted an Instagram story or something about retiring too. Like, you know, cause you just kind of say stuff in the moment. And that mm -hmm. was kind of his answer, right? Mm -hmm. um, so initially I'm gonna be real with you. I didn't make much of it because I think Robbie, if you've been following his behavior, has been more active on social media mm -hmm. this off season and really just kind of speaking his mind uh, letting things flow, the subconscious just go, and in a way like a musician does, right? Like we don't hold well, right? unless you're unless you're slime. Um, <laughs> we don't really hold these music musicians to their every word uh, that they put out there on social or in their music. Uh, but these athletes are it's a different it's a different uh, realm, right? It's a different playing field. No pun intended. So what I thought was I didn't make much of the tweet, but what I did take a large notice to was how he carried himself around the team coming back to Charlotte. And I think he's a guy who, of course, needs to have a big year this year. And Matt Rule seems to have nothing but confidence in him. But football, for all the, the talking we do about it and literally Robbie tweeting about it, this is a game about your body mm -hmm. and your physical, right? And when a guy shows up and already has a hip and can't go, and then it's another nagging injury and he can only get so many reps, this is something to watch as we get into training camp. Like, Robbie needs to practice. Yeah. That's what this comes down to. So I want to hear what you have to say about the tweet, and I know you wrote the story. But to me, and it, it perhaps it's just the football background, I always look at the physical. Like, all right, man, you can tweet what you want. You can show up when you want because this stuff is voluntary. You know, the, speaking of OTAs and the, and the nine weeks they just had. But when it's go time, is your body going to be ready? Because mm -hmm. that's on you. And so far, Robbie is 0 for 1 with his body being ready when it's time to mandatorily practice. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'm, I'd definitely be concerned. I mean, um, you know, he said he felt like he was going through some personal things. Robbie's definitely is an introspective person who – um, you know, person who looks at life and, 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 and tries to figure out his, his purpose. And he's talked a lot about that, talked a lot about it last year. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's going through personal things and that would make that would make that thought come into his mind and then even tweet it out, grow even further, knowing the perception, even though he deleted it, knowing the perception that mm -hmm. it would give off to me is uh, very concerning because I wonder, like, uh, you know, if things – start to go south maybe a little bit if he's not getting the targets that he's wanting will he check out um i think that's the question i have you know you know robbie will say he's he's you know competitive and is going to keep playing to the end and then you hope that happens but when you start talking about retirement stuff usually a lot of the people who, who've said you know the people i've watched who said they retire um they said they retire because you know they just didn't have the desire to work mm -hmm. out anymore they just didn't feel like doing it anymore so why I do it so like you know I I, I kind of equate that to Robbie like is he feeling that way right Th this is really important and I agree with all that and to infer it I could I can see where that's coming from right you know he's, he's creeping up on 30 he's done everything an undrafted player from Temple would want to do in this league right but this is where and I, and I should have led with this but this is where it didn't add up to me literally because of the money and why I knew he there was no way he was serious. 
the Panthers restructured his contract this mm-hmm. offseason. So if Robbie Anderson were to retire, they they, they took I think like uh, eight million dollar uh, bonus and, and gave it to him all in, in guaranteed money. He'd owe like eleven or twelve million back. Yeah, I actually have that up. Um, yeah, he's he's owe a lot because he uh, he got that bonus money from that extension. Yep. Uh, Nineteen point four. Right. So. He'd owe about nineteen point four from last year's extension and this year's contract restructure. Combine those two. So that he, man, that he, man's playing football. He's he's, he's got to play. <laughs> he's got to play. So one thing I know, he'll be he'll definitely be on the uh, you know playing out there. Now, will he be checked out? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's what this yeah, is about. That's what that's what this is about. And uh, you know, Sam Darnold's reaction. I know. You know, to our question, you know, he seemed concerned. Yep. You know, he said, and you can look at it multiple ways. He hadn't even had a conversation with Robbie when we talked to him about it yep. um so you can you know and he saw it you know he mentioned he saw it he was surprised by it yep and you know who could benefit from this the most and, and we of course we want nothing but the best for robbie mm-hmm. uh we you know we cover this team impartially but you want to see anyone succeed off the football field right and a lot of that success off the field comes from when they're in their best form on it mm-hmm. so it, these things are connected we understand that but this is also a game of opportunity. Yeah. And Terrence Marshall yeah. has a real chance yeah. to peek his head in the door here. He was getting monster reps with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson out. And life has a way of just checking you and putting you in the right spots at the right time if you're ready for the opportunity. Yeah. And I, and I know you, been, you have been on top of this. Terrence seems like a guy who is in prime position to if Robbie, for whatever reason, checks out one week or just isn't active or comes to training camp with his body not completely ready, this young man seems like he's ready to step in. Yeah, I could easily see Terrence taking over that number two spot. I mean, you know, Ben McAdoo talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He says, I like to look in that young man's eye. And, a great uh, quote. And I talked to Terrence um, for about 10 minutes, and that dude is focused. He 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 even mentioned it in the, in the press conference, like, He's ready to show the world what he's capable of. Damn. Um, you know, one thing he, I, I felt like he didn't get many opportunities uh, last year um, in that offense. I think he only had 17 catches, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, part of it was a little nagging injuries that got to him, and he felt like that wasn't so much of a big part. But you know, I think uh, Ben McAdoo realizes how valuable he could be. He's a big body. He has good speed, good hands. He has so much potential. Uh, I, I really think he's going to emerge eventually as a as a number two receiver. I can I can see that. Um, you know, Robbie has great ability too, um, but I can really see Terrace Marshall emerging. And even Christian McCaffrey said, you know, great things about him, and, and he's taken a huge step. So you're right. Um, you know, it's 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 probably going to be an opportunity for Terrace Marshall to really shine. Yeah, and, and Robbie is a guy. You know, he's a made man. He's made a ton of money. He seems comfortable at where he's at in life, like I said, creeping up on 30, and you got someone on the complete opposite of the spectrum in Terrence. You know, a, a second-year player felt perhaps maybe a little slighted as a rookie. You know, everyone comes into this league thinking they're going to compete for rookie of the year, right, mm-hmm. and go on and have 17 catches. And now you come in and a refocus and almost humble yourself. And it's not from an arrogant standpoint. I don't mean it that way. This league just has a way of putting people – 
back on planet Earth. Yeah. I mean, you come from LSU. You're coming from, right? I, I bet the success of his boys exactly. really is motivating him. He talked a little bit about them. He keeps in touch with them. They don't talk about football. But I bet, he, you know, he saw that, you know, two of the best wide receivers in the league. And he says, you know, when I was on the team with them, I was getting mine too, so I, I want to do that too. And I, I bet that has something to do with his fo- his focus too. Yeah, it, it has to because when you come from those the, the highest of highs, I mean, the, the, what LSU was doing and, you know, whether it's his boys and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase or the quarterback itself, himself and Joe Burrow, I mean, these guys are becoming household names overnight. Mm. And he was toe-for-toe toe with them mm. at LSU. And for him to be a second-round pick, he comes from that. Uh, he's got that level of clout. So perhaps perhaps there's a waking, a sleeping giant ready to be uh, awoken in the wake that is the – Robbie Anderson will say, you know, loose hold on the number two receiver spot. I will add this, as since we're talking about the receivers, Rashad Higgins is a, a name to watch, a guy who is a consummate pro, six-year veteran. He's not the upside long play that Terrence is, mm-hmm. but Rashad is a guy who's going to come in, give you exactly what you need. He's huge on third downs, possession receiver, uh, deceivingly quick he can get behind the secondary uh, whether that's just because of a lack of respect or a lack of game plan he can win these one-on-one matchups uh, I saw him for two years in Cleveland really come in when Odell Beckham Jr. was in and out of the lineup for long stretches there and just provide uh, consistency yeah and you see the fire he plays with he he scored um, on, on day three of minicamp and had a nice celebration with the with the team and the offensive line afterwards. Those guys buying into the the charismatic character that Hollywood Higgins can be. Charlotte fans, you you, you perhaps will see a, a red carpet celebration from him soon. When he scores. He he adjusts the the shoulder pads a little bit. Has a teammate roll out a, a, a imaginary red carpet, <laughs> and he and he struts. He does his walk. Uh, he really became a a face of the team in Cleveland, one of those guys who was never a star, but in the city was. And again, it goes back to what happens with that, because it's a trickle-down effect, right? Like if the number two receiver spot's in question, well, that means the number three spot is too. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have an opportunity to kind of get in where you fit in there and prove yourself. He had back-to-back uh, first-down catches uh, to end some of those situational uh, sessions on the third day of minicamp. And he's a guy that is going to go out there, find a way to separate, and always catch the football. And I think the way we can wrap up that this wide receiver talk is really to say the Panthers are in a really good spot with these skill position guys. Yeah. I mean, in particular, that wide receiver, who makes the team is going to be very interesting. Because he might not even make the team. Yeah, because he might not even make the team. Uh, you know, I think the Panthers are going to keep six wide receivers because of Andre Roberts. Yep. You know, he's going to be that kick return guy, and he can, you know, catch passes. So let's say uh, Andre Roberts is a lot. Um, Brandon, uh, sorry, um, Robbie Anderson is a lot. DJ Moore is a lot. Um, and Terrace Marshall, that's four. It's a real so now you, got, now you got Brandon Zilstra, who they love because of his versatility. He got better in the receiving game last year, but he's their special teams guy. I think Brandon Zilstra has the advantage as the fifth guy. You draft Shai Smith as well, Um, and they have high hopes for Shai Smith. But he's kind of like on that edge. Yep. Um, So you got – and then you got 
Rashard Higgins, and then you got a couple of undrafted rookies who have had some good performances in minicamp. And they like a couple of those guys. And they like a couple of those guys. And, um, you know, I more see those guys, you know, being their practice squad guys. However, somebody might take those guys up pretty quickly. So you, you just never know how the – you know how they how they'll end up viewing this training camp is going to decide a lot of this. So, I think for Rashad Higgins who had that great day three, you know he's going to have to be a little bit more versatile, you know, and uh, be able to do multiple things mm-hmm. uh, for them to decide. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to keep him, but it's going to be an interesting battle for those last uh, two spots that aren't already, uh, you know, set in stone. So, it'll be an interesting battle in camp. You can't, uh, you know, wait to see you know, how things play out. Yeah, and that's what this is all building towards, right? Like, Matt Rule was very clear that the competition doesn't start in minicamp. Don't tell the players that because they're, <laughs> they're going out there to compete, right? They're ready. They're, they're at each other's necks uh, from a teammate standpoint, but they know what's on the line. But minicamp is used from a coaching standpoint to just get a good last evaluation and, and clear picture of where this roster's at, validate every room, is this guy more of a slot? Is he a Z? Should he just stay at X? But since we're staying in the receiver room, it, it gives these coaches a, a crystal clear picture of how to then start those position battles in training camp. And, and that's where we're headed. And I think that's a decent transition to where this roster is at. Jonathan, do you think that this roster is set going into training camp? Let's say quarterback aside – or do you suspect any more additions between now and the, really the, the five-week break that the coaches and players are going on? Yeah, yeah, this is that time right now that they're sitting down and evaluating in, with each other. I think the fact that they brought in Carlos Dunlap for a visit means yeah. that they're interested in adding a defensive end. So if the Panthers add a position, I think defensive end uh, in particular is where they'll look. Um, I think they could also do some – do themselves a service if they looked at adding a linebacker too, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think I think an edge rusher is is, is where they're going, and um, I could definitely see that happening. And, and that doesn't really surprise me. I mean, we've talked all off season about that Hassan Reddick sized hole, right, mm-hmm. opposite Brian Burns, and you know they can talk all they want about Gross Matos or, or Marquise Haynes and and you know Frankie Lou guys who they believe can fill that spot in a increased role increased snaps but it doesn't change the body count right mm-hmm. like you need you need depth at that spot especially that spot yeah. right guys who are can just come in fresh ready to get after the quarterback so even if, if Dunlap is the guy don't expect you know him to just become Hassan Reddick or be on the field every single play, right? Like, this is still going to be a, a by-committee solution mm-hmm. to replace the team-high sacks and to replace the team-high quarterback hits of Hassan Reddick. But that extra body will really finalize that group of edge rushers. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they don't, they don't, they're not going to be asked to do a whole lot in camp anyway. You know, this, this is we, we spend so much time talking about the offense because that's the part that um, – First of all, has the most questions, and second of all, you can see that in a practice standpoint on where the ball's going and and what the goal of the offense is compared to a defense that, like Matt Rule said about uh, Sam Darnold, no one's trying to knock you down yet. Yeah, 
And once that starts, we'll have a much better idea of where this defensive line room is and specifically the edge rushers. Yeah, and and these players, they play multiple positions. Like Frankie Lulu was talking about, you know, he's primarily been edge rusher, but he's going to play some inside. And uh, Etor Grosmatos, Matt Rose talking about looking for a guy who can edge run, you know, play the edge, but kick it inside yep. and, and on third downs. And, and Etor has done that last year. And uh, – so, you know, these guys aren't specifically on that edge, you know, like Hassan was. So, you know, adding another body is, is only going to be beneficial to them. Um, so, you know, it might not be a guy who's all who's like the quote-unquote like Brian Burns of the defense or the Hassan Reddick, but, you know, they'll do themselves a service if they add another edge rusher. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, one thing in this new studio, we we do not have a a, a timer in front of us, right? <laughs> like like it, when we were doing this on on Streamyard, we always knew how long we were we were running. Um, I feel like we've hit really the the main points for, from camp. Anything else on your mind, Jonathan? Nothing else on my mind right now. Um, you know, we'll try to bring y'all an episode next week as well. Um, but I'm loving these new digs, um, and uh, can't wait to uh, you know have you check out more of us but thanks for for listening as always um please continue to read our work and consider subscribing uh, charlotteobserver.com um, slash sports uh thanks for all thanks again